Welcome to Draftville, the NFL Draft Podcast of the USA Today Sports Network. I'm your host, Tommy Dees, from Nashville, Tennessee, where the draft will be taking place in April. This edition, we'll look at Titans and Lions, but no Bears. Oh, my. We'll have Eric Bacharach of the Tennessean, who covers the Tennessee Titans, and Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press talking about the Lions. And our first guest is Eric Bacharach, who covers the Tennessee Titans for the Tennessean here in Nashville, uh, part of the USA Today Network. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Tommy. Yeah, so are you dreading it? Or are you excited or both or what? Definitely both. I think I'm legitimately excited for what this is going to be, just based off of having gone to the Senior Bowl and then to the Combine. I think both of those events were really, you know, I'd never been to either, and they were both, you know, this spectacle of, of kind of the football world coming together. It was really cool each time. So I'm really looking forward to what downtown Nashville is going to look like. At the same time, it's, it's going to be a lot. So I think the dread thing is, is legit. Yeah, you, you have these pockets of activity like the like the two events you attended. Mm-hmm. Then you have this kind of lull, right? And we're kind of and, and now that free agency's over, there's kind of a lull, and then within the next couple of weeks, it really picks up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it, I, that's kind of what I've gathered that the off season is. It's either it's either kind of zero or a hundred. There's really no sort of middle ground. It's very much like deep sea fishing. <laughs> where, where you sit there and you watch your line and uh-huh. nothing happens and nothing happens and then boom everything happens. and everything happens yeah. chinese fireworks was what one deep sea fisherman described it to me <laughs> once yeah i think that's fair so the titans have the number 19 overall pick let's start with with what they need and what they needed and, and how they may have addressed that in free agency and where that leaves them now yeah, you know, I think I just wrote a story sort of about how their free agency up to this point has kind of painted up a, a bit of a clearer picture of what we can expect. You know, I thought once they brought in Adam Humphreys, a slot receiver, and then Roger Saffold, some help on the interior offensive line, I, I thought at that point it was very sort of clearly laid out there what the Titans were going to do. They were going to target either an edge rusher or, or some help on the defensive line to, to help Terrell Casey. I still think that's the case, even even with them bringing in Cameron Wake. I mean, he's a 37-year-old guy, still probably has some tread on the tires, but he is 37. Uh, it's not a long-term fix. Right, exactly. It's not a long-term fix. He's a guy that, you know, I, I don't think you could sort of undervalue what he does for for the younger guys. You know, the, the Sharif Finches, the Harold Landry's, and, and maybe if they bring in the somebody fill else. in the blank. Right, exactly. I think that's the direction they would go. You know, I, I think there's a slight possibility they'd go with somebody like a Garrett Bradbury. I think I brought him up on a recent podcast, an NC State interior lineman, because I, I do think they could still use some help there. I think they, they still might consider a tight end. To me, I've, I've kind of been... Uh, not not really a believer in, in in that route as those sort of rumors and possibilities have, have sort of swirled. Iowa has a couple of tight ends that have, you know, gotten a lot of traction just with how they've done at the senior bowl and at the combine. I just don't think for the Titans, I think they've got bigger needs to address when especially when they've got Delaney Walker and Johnny Smith coming back. Uh, so I, I think edge rusher. Delaney's more of your short-term solution at right. this time. At this point, he That's was true. injured he's most of last year, all and, pretty much the entire season. And uh, he's thirty-five. He'll be thirty-five by the start of the season. So uh, he's not a guy you think is going to be around three or four years from now, most likely. You don't. So, so I, I think it's it's viable that they could consider a tight end if if they think it's it's the right fit. And you do still have Jonu Smith, who's who's young. And he was starting to come on before he got injured last year. So it'll be interesting to see if they consider that. 
as a possibility. I still think that just getting to the quarterback is, is the biggest need on this roster right now, and I think that's the direction they'll take. Yeah, and, and this seems to be a draft that's deep at that position. Right, exactly. So it fits a team picking 19th, whereas you could certainly get – if you were picking third, you could get a really high-quality – you know, Quentin Williams type mm-hmm. guy, dynamic interior pet guy who can also pressure the passer. But at 19, you you should be able to get value. So who are some guys you saw at the combine and guys you saw at, at the senior ball who you think fit what the Titans are looking for? Yeah, you know, I think the guy that jumps out to me right away, and I, I think he's a, a probably going to go anywhere from 15 to, to 20, probably closer to 15, just with how his stock has risen, risen is uh, Christian Wilkins, lineman from Clemson. Uh, pretty much every lineman that played for Clemson this past year is a t- first-round pick. It's it's ridiculous how stacked that line was. But he's a guy that has a rapport with Mike Vrabel. Vrabel uh, recruited him while he was at Ohio State, so he's been on, on Vrabel's radar for a while. You know, just speaking with him at the Combine, probably far and away the most sort of articulate, well-spoken guy. I think any uh, locker room that he goes into, he's going to be a major boon for for that locker room. And I think that's exactly the type of guy that the Titans are looking for. And he would help them. I think they they need that compliment to Jarrell Casey. So I think he's somebody that if he's around at 19 and, you know, he might not be, I think he could go 17, 16, somewhere there. I think he's definitely a guy that you've got to keep an eye on. Brian Burns, outside linebacker from Florida State, he's a guy that both of these guys now are are guys that have seen their stock rise just with what they've done this offseason. So, you know, if he's a guy that if if he's does fall that far i think he's a no-brainer type pick for the titans and uh, then you you kind of look at the other side of the spectrum i think probably a month ago or maybe it was after the the senior bowl i had the titans picking jakai polite from from florida he seems to have fallen on some he's boards. Fallen. yeah i think he's a guy that you could even target free fall free fall like he might not even go in the second round just from what I'm, I've, I've seen because he just had his pro day and, and it was kind of more of the same from from the combine you know just where he kind of had a, a little bit of a bizarre interview with with reporters where you know he was he was mentioning all the teams that were bashing him it was kind of weird and uh, and then he, he went out and, and as far as like his measurables went uh, he didn't have that great a day there either, and then it was more of the if same. If you're Javon Curse, they can overlook a lot of things. If then they, right. they can't overlook if you're not. Right. I think I. I think I even. <laughs> I think I even at some point I wrote an article. Could he be the next Javon Curse? And then he goes out and, and totally lays an egg at the combine. So I, I don't think that's the case. I think he's a guy that's athletically gifted. You know, top twenty athleticism type guy, top twenty five talent. It's just there's there's a lot of red flags that are popping up that make you think he might be high bust potential so he's a guy that they could target in the second round that's what happened last year with you know Harold Landry a lot of people thought he was a first round talent the Titans grabbed him in the second round obviously there's more red flags surrounding polite than than there were Landry at this time but talent wise he's he's somebody to keep an eye on just not in the first round anymore right when you when you look at the Titans and you listen to the feedback I'm sure you've done your research and and you have looked into past um, drafts and, and I know we're talking over more than one administration, but historically, how good are the Titans at the draft? They've had some, they've had some misses, and especially second round uh, has been unproductive for them a lot. Yeah, you know, I've I've been kind of going back just recently, looking through, and I'm I'm actually in the middle of of ranking their draft classes. It's kind of a mixed bag. You know, some years they they've been really good. I feel like a, a couple of the recent draft classes do have a chance to be really, really good. There, there are a couple of misses, but, you know, you've got guys like John Brown coming out of the fifth round recently, Kevin Byard 
third round, I believe. And, you know, there's just a lot of picks like that where I think John Robinson, if, if we're focusing on him, has done a pretty good job of identifying talent, you know, making moves to, to make sure that the Titans get the guys they want to get, whether that's forward or backward. Especially of late, I think they've done a good job. Last year's class is kind of hard to size up just because there was four picks. But I think, you know, you look at the first two picks from last year, Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry, I think you're encouraged by what you saw from them in year one. And I think so far, Robinson's track record is, is pretty promising. Right. And, and another, when we look at positions of need for the Titans, you start with really, really all the defensive line. They need interior help or depth at least. And they certainly need a pass rusher because they were very, very bad at pass rushing last mm-hmm. year. And, and admittedly so. They recognize that. Um, so, so that might explain what happens in the first couple of rounds. But, but when we get deeper into the draft with the Titans, um, even with Adam Humphreys, do you think they might want somebody more of a more of a downfield, even if it's a project who who's not expected to start right away, mm-hmm. or you hope he does? But you know they've they've got kind of a possession receiver, I think, is what me, most people slot guy. Right. Um, they they need production downfield, don't they? Yeah, and uh, one guy that I, ha- I had consistently in both of my mock drafts so far was Emmanuel Hall, local kid. You know, a good story Played from Missouri. Nashville. Played at Missouri. Good length. Good length, good speed, like really good speed, you know, was, was Drew Locke's favorite target. Now Drew Locke is, you know, in the conversation to go in the first round. Uh, I think he's a guy that, you know, you could probably snag in the third or fourth round. And that's somebody that the Titans should be looking for now. You know, they've got, you know, Taewon Taylor, who, you know, not too long ago was taken in a similar draft position with that same idea. He's still young. Same with Tajay Sharp. Uh, but I think if you add a guy like Emmanuel Hall, who just just talent wise and, and what he does in terms of, you know, opening up the field, I, I think he's a guy worth targeting late. And I think it would be a good story just because, you know, he's a local kid. And and with the draft in Nashville, that's a dynamic no other team has except for the Titans. Um, I'm sure they got their they will have their war room set up just as will every other team. And they'll go through their exercise of going through the draft just as will every other team. But one of the things that you and I have had informal discussions about is another team might feel willing to trade out of the first round mm-hmm. for, for the right piece, um, for the right package, or might will be willing to trade up or down. If, if you're the Titans, can you really, really do that when you're going to have – more than a hundred thousand people, maybe two hundred thousand or more downtown, waiting for your first pick. You know, it's funny. I, I recently saw a mock draft where it had the Titans trading down. I think to, to uh, twenty four. I can't remember who did it, but uh, in, in drafting that NC State interior lineman because he could be had a, a few picks later. And I had that same thought. You know, there, there's a lot of people here in Nashville that that want to see the Titans, if anything, move up. You know, I, I think it's. And it's it's obviously important for John Robinson and the Titans press not to sort of let that those types of thoughts creep in. It's it's all about you know improving the team however they can. You know I don't I don't think it should be about you know we're here we're in Nashville let's try and make a splash just for the sake of that. You know I think it should be about bettering the team whether that's moving up or moving down. Yeah, the draft lasts three days, and what what you draft you hope lasts more than three days. Exactly. Yeah, and and impacts your future whether whether positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. If, if you waste a pick, that that's somebody that's not going to be on your roster, or, or even worse is going to be on your roster and unproductive. So so you would think that they. They there's still pressure there. I guarantee you. You know, I, I don't think we're going to see a Mike Ditka where they trade away <laughs> the entire draft for uh-huh. one guy and then go go to a casino. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think there's just pressure in general because of how important a year this is just for the franchise with Marcus Mariota entering that fifth and final year of his of his rookie contract, you know, just because from what we've seen through free agency so far, adding the slot receiver, adding more protection, you know, they're, they're really following that sort of blueprint of let's give Marcus everything we possibly can so he can go out and, and hopefully have a good year or a bad year. Just, you know, we need to be able to sort of decide what we have in him to size him up properly and evaluate him properly because this is it. This is sort of the, the main And, and they did season. go get the backup quarterback. That, right, that, Tannehill. That, that that recognizes the fact that Mariota hasn't been the most durable guy and that they needed someone that they could count on to be more productive, I think, in, in the cases where he might not be available. Right. I mean, backup quarterback on the Titans, you know, the past four years since Marcus Mariota has been here has been an important position because he's never gotten through an entire season. And, and Tannehill is a guy that has played in, I think it's 88 career games. He started all 88 of those, you know, since he came into the league with the Dolphins. So he's a guy that, you know, if, if Mariota goes down, they've, they've got a, a really solid backup, arguably the best in the NFL. Yeah, one of them for sure. And, and, and you know, at least as a proven that they can start and and certainly an upgrade from where they were in that position where, where you've got where you don't feel like you're going to have a huge drop off from starter to non-starter or you would expect Tannehill can produce. Yeah, for sure. I, I think if Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback for week 17 this past year, just the tone surrounding that game is different. I, you know, I think when and that was either in or out of the playoff type. Yeah, game. it was a, a true do or die type game, and I remember news breaking that morning and, and kind of just the dread of, uh, oh my God, Blaine Gabbert is is you know our season's in his hands. I don't think that same type of dread washes over Nashville if if Ryan Tannehill is is called upon in that spot. Yeah, and I, I kind of had the dread that I had to watch it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you know, we covered it, but um. So, so what do you think that you, you, you've lived here, you mm-hmm. understand what Nashville does for big events and, and how, um, they kind of take on a, a life and a personality of their own. I think the draft is the event, but I think that it's not just a setting here. It's almost a character in this play, mm-hmm. what downtown will be. What do you expect? How crazy is it going to be? You know, I, I missed the, the Predators run to the Stanley Cup, you know, just a couple of years ago, but I've seen photos of what downtown looked like. And like, I, I, you know, I walk downtown after Predators games, just regular season games and how crazy it gets. And I've seen some of the art, you know, artist renderings of what it's going to look like downtown. I think it's just going to be, you know, a week long sort of party. And I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I've never actually been to an NFL draft. I've been to a couple of NBA drafts, but you know, they're this spectacle of, you know, football. It's, it's the entire football world coming together for one week, should be a really special thing. Worried about the traffic, but you know, there's there's a couple other things that uh, you know cause some of the dread that we were talking about earlier. But it's it should be a really fun week. So it will be draftville. It will be draftville. I think that's uh, yeah, that's that's the good way to put it. Well, thank you for coming on, Eric Bacharach, and uh, we appreciate your wisdom uh, sharing that about the Titans. And uh, look forward to seeing you on draft uh, night, draft days. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. And we have Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press here to talk about the Lions. Uh, number eight overall pick. So let's start with the first round and, and what the Lions might be looking for and who the Lions might be looking at. Yeah, I think, look, they've covered most of their biggest needs in free agency. So they're not going to be pigeonholed into drafting a certain position. And that's a little bit different than they were in the last couple of years. You know, Bob Quinn seemed to use the first round to fill really the, the team's biggest needs in his, his first three drafts as Lions GM. 
So, you know, this year they have some options. I think picking number eight, you got to start with the defense. They've got a, a defensive-minded head coach in Matt Patricia. They still need some pass rush help. Very possible that they could have a uh, pass rusher that they like sitting there for them at number eight. And that's either, you know, tackle or end. I would think after that, you know, tight end, uh, TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. That's a name that's been linked to the Lions a lot. The Lions did sign Jesse James in free agency, but, you know, they still have a need for a number two tight end. I think that position will, just given what Matt Patricia likes, you know, you know I, I think they could they could find some value in the first round there. I wouldn't take a tight end number eight myself, but I wouldn't rule them. Uh, TJ Hawkinson out from him. Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, would be the other guy that I think will, will definitely be in the mix for the Lions if he slides at number eight. Well, you mentioned the free agency. Talk a little about what this team picked up. You know, they were they were six and ten last year, but it seemed to me to be a little bit of a deceiving six and ten. I mean, they they did beat the Patriots, they did beat the Packers twice, if I recall correctly, and yep. not much else. But they were in. They had a horrible start against the Jets, but but that really wasn't as indicative of where their defense was at as it looked later. No, I think the defense played well in the second half of the season. You know, after they traded for Damon Harrison, uh, once they started getting used to Matt Patricia's system a little bit, you know, we started to see that defense come around. But, you know, they still lost six games by double digits. Uh, there were still a couple games that they really lucked into winning because of some special teams miscues. So I, I think this, I think the team was probably better than a six win team last year, but, the fact of the matter is that's what they won. They have a lot of holes to fill still. They're, uh, they're, uh, it's, this is a regime that is definitely under the microscope. They, they need to have a good year this year. So there's a, a number of options that they can go if they want to win immediately. And I think this pick can help them win immediately. Right. And what were some of the free agent uh, key, key holes that they filled? Yeah, for you know, biggest signing of free agency was Trey Flowers, defensive end from the New England Patriots. He was really the Lions' number one target, and and you know, there's there's no doubt that you know they they paid a lot for him, nineteen million dollars a year. But you know, he's going to start at right end for them. He's a versatile guy, can play all over that defense. And frankly, they didn't get enough consistent pressure on opposing quarterbacks last year. So um, you know, he's an important signing. Um, sort of lessens the need they have at that that right in that pass rusher spot a little bit but because of the way they they play and how important pass rushers are they could still use one um i mentioned jesse james the tight end from the pittsburgh steelers he was probably their second most important signing you know the lions had the, uh, the second fewest catches among tight ends in the nfl last year and so they wanted a a top-notch tight end and jesse was one of the the one or two best tight ends on the market so they got him justin coleman um, slot cornerback from the Seahawks was their other big money signing. They also had a Danny Amendola to play slot receiver and, you know, a few other defensive backs that are probably more rotational defensive backs. Doesn't eliminate the need they have at either the, the cornerback or safety position, but at least they feel confident enough with the guys they have on the roster if the season were to start today at those spots. Right, and and they, they have uh, kind of loaded up for picks. They're, they're, it's a late um, load up for for Detroit in the draft, they have a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and then two sixth and two seventh. So round picks. So that, that gives them some versatility to maybe take a, a chance on some guys late. Um, what, what do they need skill wise? Skill wise, do you think? And, and who might be there in the second or third round that, that might be appetizing? 
Yeah, look, I, I think they still could use a backup running back. It's probably a little too early for them to take one in round two. They spent a second-round pick on Terrion Johnson last year, so I don't know that they're going to want to spend too high of a pick on a running back again, although you know, Matt Patricia said that the Lions are, you know, they're, he believes at least that, you know, this is a position that you need to, you need to split carries with. Um, and with the new offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, they're certainly going to be in the market for, um, you know, running back at, at some point. Uh, you know, they're going to, this is an offense that's going to run the ball a lot. They're going to rely on the run. So I do think that they will draft the running back maybe somewhere in the, so on day three, um, be my best guess. Receive uh, the, uh, the other skill positions again, tight end, still obviously a need. Um, and, you know, I mentioned TJ Hawkinson. Look, if they don't go one in round one, maybe a guy like Irv Smith falls to round two. Maybe it's somebody that they take a little bit later. Um, you know, they, they, they've certainly kicked the tires on a lot of tight ends already. Uh, you know, a guy like Caden Smith from Stanford, uh, a guy like Drew Stample from Washington, you know, maybe those are some guys that might be around. You know, round two or three, or even into round four, but they're going to they're going to address that tight end spot at some point. Um, at wide receiver, look, um, they they added Amendola, but he's on a one year deal. Marvin Jones, I don't know that he's his future in Detroit is much beyond 2019. So, I could see the Lions adding a receiver at some point relatively early. Matt Patricia has talked about liking players with big catch radiuses. I don't know if a guy like Hakeem Butler would, would fall to them on day two or, or Nikhil Harry would fall to them on day two, but certainly that type of player would fit what they want. If they wanted to go a slot receiver, because again, Danny Amendola, one-year deal, obviously he's getting up there in terms of uh, his age and, and the amount of years he's played. You could be looking at a guy like Debo Samuel or Paris Campbell on day two. Yeah, and Debo Samuel's obviously an intriguing guy because he could help any, any team out in the return game, so I think he has some upside there. Absolutely. And you know what, the Lions, um, you know, Jamal Agnew is their, their punt returner. He's coming off a knee injury, but he had a really good rookie season. Um, but, you know, look, I don't know what the future holds for him at cornerback. And, and the, uh, the, the way that these guys value versatility and the ability to, to do multiple things, you would certainly look at a guy like Debo Samuel. Emmanuel Hall, I think, might have some return ability too. So maybe some guys like that could interest the Lions in day two of the draft. Right, and and with that kind of late-loaded draft with uh, four picks in the last two rounds, do you think that makes Detroit more likely to maybe try to package some of those picks with an earlier pick to trade up, either in the first round or or to get two bites at the apple in the second or something like that? You know, um, I could see it on, on day two of the draft. I mean, like Bob Quinn's been a guy that he has not made a first-round trade so far in his first three drafts at GM. Um, I think he would subscribe to the Patriot theory of trying to add extra picks and maybe be more likely to move down. I mean, I think the way that I look at it, I feel pretty confident in saying the way the Lions look at it, you know, there's only a couple elite prospects in this draft. So maybe if Quinnen Williams was there, Josh Allen was there, and, you know, he slipped a couple spots and he had the chance to move up to six, maybe that's something that they do. But I don't, I don't foresee them trying to get up into the top three for somebody. You know, beyond that, if there's – if there's a lot of players of, of equal value, maybe it is a situation where they look to move down. But you're right, a couple sixes, a couple sevens, that's something that they could package, especially on day three. They see somebody early in round four that they want to target to move up, or early in round three uh, that they need to target to move up. Maybe that's something that they do. Right, and when we're looking at this draft in retrospect for Detroit, um, given given the track record of the GM and, and the coach and kind of a new regime-ish type thing, but but a pivotal year, what what will you want to see the Monday after the draft that will tell you 
they they really hit a home run or boy they they just didn't get it done yeah i mean i'm more of the i subscribe to the theory of you know you're adding these building blocks for the future so i i don't necessarily know that i need to see a guy that's gonna fill a starting spot day one and in fact i think maybe some of the the best talent that might be available to them might not be a day one starter i mean look if you grab a pass rusher he's probably not playing ahead of Trey flowers at right end and he's not playing ahead of you know damon harrison at, at defensive tackle and a sean robinson and deshaun hand both had good years too so i wouldn't look if the lions come away with a, a real high quality defensive lineman I think that would be a, a great move for the future. Um, I know a lot of people here in Detroit are lukewarm on the tight end position after what's going on. They've, they've drafted Brandon Pettigrew and Eric Ebron in the first round here in the last 10 years. So there's a lot of, uh, I think, I don't think people would be too happy if they drafted a tight end, but certainly, um, TJ Hawkinson especially fits what they want. So look, I think if they add some players at the positions of need, if they, if they go for the, the the best available talent at the top of the draft, um, I you know I, I think the Lions could walk away winners in the draft with the the hall of picks they have nine and, and with you know one of those picks being in the top ten of the draft. Yeah, so we're really talking about a, a team and a, a you know an organization that's trying to build from the middle out, but from the inside out, um, which is kind of the tried and true formula everybody likes until they see a real flashy skill guy, right? Yeah, right. And, and you know, look, Bob Quinn, what he's done so far, Taylor Decker, left tackle, that was his first first-round pick. Jared Davis, middle linebacker, that was his second, you know, first-round pick in 2017. And then last year, they took Frank Ragnow a guard. So I don't think the Lions have, you know, Bob Quinn hasn't been dazzled by the, the splashy player. You know, he's really stuck to, to what he wanted in his, um, you know, draft picks, high in the draft at the very least. And, and I wouldn't expect him to to move off of that philosophy. I think they're going to take just a really solid player, you know, a high floor, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a little higher ceiling here at, at number eight than they, they got drafted in the twenties. But, you know, I, I think Bob Quinn is a guy who knows that if you get that guy through a second contract, you know, that's a win in the NFL typically. Right. Well, Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press, we thank you for joining us here on Draftville and uh, we'll look with interest to see what the Lions do. It was my pleasure. We'll see you down in Nashville in a month. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Draftville on the USA Today Sports Network. Uh, We'll be continuing to count down to the NFL draft, which will arrive in Nashville in April. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you would uh, subscribe or give us a review on your favorite platform.